the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, let's take this one step at a time. The big guy tripped going up the steps, up the stairs of uh, Air Force One today, three times actually. Uh, His staff says the wind was a factor, and he's 100%. Um, I just, for the heck of it, I checked the weather in Washington. The wind was 13 miles an hour. I mean, it's a little bit of a breeze, you know, but I, I don't know about knocking him over. Anybody, anyway, uh, no, nobody wants to, to make fun of an old guy who trips. And nobody in the media wants to read a lot into it, of course, unless it's Donald Trump. But we'll have more on this in the second half hour and how the media reacted to Trump having a little bit of an issue with steps and a ramp. Uh, a few months ago. We'll do that in the second half hour. Meanwhile, we have an award to give out here. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Once again, lots of candidates, uh, but we've narrowed it down to the person who said this, quote, CDC is committed to leading with science and updating our guidance as new evidence emerges. These updated recommendations provide the evidence-based roadmap to reopen safely and remain open for in-person instruction. Talking about schools, of course. That's right. Uh, After a year of sitting six feet apart, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky now says it's okay for the kids to be three feet apart. This is after a study in Massachusetts where schools were allowed to choose between three and six feet. Seems kind of strange that they would risk the deaths of so many kids by having them less than six feet apart, but that's what they did. Anyway, they looked at about 500,000 kids and, quote, we didn't see, this is from the study, we didn't see any substantial difference in cases among students or staff in districts with three feet versus six feet, suggesting that we can open the school safely at three feet provided that some of the mitigation measures that were present here in Massachusetts Massachusetts are in place, unquote. So uh, all of the millions of kids who have missed out on school in the last year because they couldn't figure out how to get them all in there and keep them six feet apart could have been in school. Let's face it, the CDC pulled the six-feet rule out of thin air, if not somewhere else, and they think that you're still dumb enough to believe that they had some idea of what they were doing. They had none. None. Uh, We could have given the award to everybody in the CDC, but it's only going to one person, and that's why Rochelle Walensky is this week's Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com. And when we come back, the national media is doing the best they can to turn a shooting in Atlanta into another case of white supremacy. 
even though it isn't. Stick around. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Ah, springtime. Longer days, warmer weather, and of course, the urge to get more organized. We've all heard about the magic of tidying up, but some prized possessions like aging home movies need a trained team to refresh. That's why for a limited time, Legacy Box is offering 50% off to help you save a lot more than just daylight this March. Legacy Box is a shockingly easy way to have any form of media digitally preserved. Whether you have videotapes, film reels, slides, or cassettes, Legacy Box's all-inclusive kits provide guidance on how to send the items you want saved. And then, experienced members of their team create digital versions stored on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. It's something you can order in minutes and enjoy forever. So clean up with this 50% off sale and ensure your home movies and photos are always within reach. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of the spring cleaning sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 50%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. They're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium My Pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium My Pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. That's regularly sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. All My Pillow products come with a ten year warranty and a sixty day money back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. 800-716-8087, promo code STAG. Spring is in full swing, and there's no better time to freshen up your home than right now. Blinds.com is giving you up to 35% off everything site-wide as a warm welcome to a new season. Blinds.com makes it so convenient to order online with free shipping and a guaranteed perfect fit for your windows. Whether you DIY or have them handle the install from start to finish, you really can't get it wrong. Next time you open your windows to let in that warm spring breeze... You'll love the views when you have brand new custom window treatments to enjoy. 
Whether you're looking for high-performance solar and roller shades, the classic silhouette of a Roman shade, or want to enhance your home with the warm textures of bamboo shades, Blinds.com will help you get a stunning new look this season. Visit Blinds.com right now to shop their new deals perfect for your spring home refresh with up to 35% off everything from blinds, shades, interior shutters, and even outdoor shades. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, mostly liberal media are uh, never going to pass up an opportunity to work race into a story, especially if it includes murder and the murderer is a white guy. Robert Long is a 21-year-old white man who's admitted to killing eight people, six of whom were Asian, and in most of the media, it's being portrayed as uh, one more case of white supremacy. John Daniel Davidson is the political editor of The Federalist, and he joins us now. Uh, John Daniel Davidson, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So, John, uh, have, have most of the media already decided that this shooter was just out to get Asian people and he just looked, went out looking for some Asian people to kill? It sure seems like that. I mean, when you look at the at the media coverage and all the sort of ponderous think pieces that are coming out of places like the Atlantic and the New Yorker right now, you would think this was a uh, a, a crime motivated primarily by race, but... Uh, I, I think that's wrong. I don't think the evidence shows that. Um, and um, it's it, was it shocking at all or surprising at all to you that this would happen? That the the, the, the formula would be just uh, plugged in, or it would be plugged into uh, the formula? A, I guess. No, it's it's not surprising. I mean, the the corporate media will use almost any opportunity to advance their own preferred narrative, which is that America is a racist country and there's systemic racism everywhere and that, you know, uh, race and, and racial animus and racism kind of accounts for everything that happens in our society. You see this in COVID coverage even. Um, but I, I think the larger story here is that uh, the, the race frame is a distraction from a much more disturbing frame that the media doesn't want to talk about because it implicates the media, it implicates Hollywood, it implicates every elite institution in this country. Yeah, and uh, so why, that's what you wrote about today at The Federalist. So what do you think the media, or why, I, see, I guess I should say, do you think the media are determined to make this another case of white supremacy and not about sex, which uh, it may be about, a lot more than just sex, but a guy's sexual addiction and, and what it drove him to and how he how he got there. Sure. You have a case here where there's a young man who is admittedly, at least he admitted to authorities that he has a problem with sexual addiction. He's addicted to pornography. Apparently he went to several uh, rehab clinics at different times for sex addiction. Uh, we have former roommates of, of his, more than one actually, at some of these clinics saying, you know, talking about how he struggled with this problem. He apparently frequented, uh, you know, um, these massage parlors, which uh, seem to have been doubling as, as uh, places of prostitution in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area. And, you know, there's a, there's a larger kind of uh, significance to all of this in a society that has normalized the proliferation of pornography, that has normalized the sexualization uh, of, of uh, children and of, of teen life, you know, uh, that has that has embraced kind of the um, sexual revolution, no holds bar. 
we're told that there's no danger in any of this. We're told that this is normal, that we shouldn't judge people. Uh, but this story seems to suggest that maybe it is dangerous. Maybe it's not a good idea. Maybe there are uh, some, some guardrails that we should have kept up about sex and, uh, and, and pornography uh, and sexual uh, impropriety. Uh, and those are things that media doesn't want to talk about because there is the media and as I said, other elite institutions like Hollywood uh, and corporate America that have sort of embraced these quote-unquote progressive and permissive attitudes about sex that we see in this case, uh, you know, leads to some very disturbing places in people who don't get the help that they need. You know, it's interesting to me, John, in situations like this, and I, and I, I think you're making a really good point about all this, um, you know, you, you talk about corporate media, and you know, that encompasses a lot of people, a lot of organizations. It could mean everybody from the CEO of the, of the company to the, 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 the individual journalists. And what I always wonder about is how it is that in a situation like this, as you point out in your piece, there are so many factors in this story that you could look into. Forget about um, uh, whether it was racism or not. Um, it's it's an interesting story, and and it used to be that uh, enterprise was a was something that good reporters were supposed to have, and yeah. and a good reporter would look at the story the way you did, and not just that you're writing it as a column, you know, and as a and as an opinion right. piece, but uh, there are, are there are there journalism are there are there journalists at places like CNN and uh, the Washington Post and MSNBC. Are there any left who see that story and say, wait a minute, this is a really good story. Maybe the good story is the exact one you're pointing out here, John, that, wait a minute, yes. let's not just jump to this conclusion. Let's look into this other s subject. Maybe it's, maybe there's nothing to it, but it, but let's do it. Let's look at it. That's what journalists do. Yeah, increasingly there are very few people who are willing or able, I should say, even if there are a few who are willing to do that, are able to do that at these institutions. And I use the phrase corporate press on purpose. We used to use the phrase mainstream media, but increasingly our corporate media cannot be described as mainstream because mainstream Americans, normal Americans, see this story and two things come to mind. Number one is, wow, this guy had a problem with pornography and sex addiction. We seem to have a problem with that in our country. Maybe we need to rethink those things. Maybe we need to have a conversation, not about race, but about sex. And the other thing normal people, mainstream Americans think is, wow, how many uh, massage parlors and spas uh, are fronts for prostitution in the Atlanta area? Are there other cities in which this is happening? Are the women working there? Uh, you know, are they being sex trafficked? Are they okay? Do they need help? Are the police aware of this? Are they looking into it? Is this illegal? Maybe we should be talking about this a little bit more too. Those are things normal people think of when they see this story. And the corporate media instead ignores that and says, let's make this all about race and talk about race endlessly for days on end and dominate the news cycle about this narrative frame of race and racism in America. And that's all they want to talk about. And I think it's interesting that they don't want to talk about these other things. And I think they don't want to talk about those things because they're implicated in them. Yeah, and, and, uh, and if, they're, if they are interested in race and want to make, uh, and, and make that a component of the story, uh, are most of the women who work in these places Asian? 
and uh, they don't want to touch that because it would you would be considered racist for noticing that because it's it's right. pretty obvious that that's the case. But the, the, they're afraid right. to talk about that or, or unwilling to maybe yeah. both. Exactly. I'm not saying that there's not a, a race component to this story or that race isn't maybe part of this story, but it's not the whole story. There's a lot more going on here, and there's a lot more uh, implications uh, to this story for our society than just saying, well, America is a racist society. Look, a, a white guy, you know, uh, shot up a bunch of, uh, of, of Asian women and killed a bunch of Asian women in Atlanta. Of course, all of his victims weren't Asian. There, there were two white people, a man and a woman who died. There was a Hispanic man who was injured. I believe he survived. He went to these places with the intention to kill everyone he saw there, I, I, you know, regardless of their race, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what he did. Um, but but the, simple, the, the simple frame that advances what it can only be described as an ideological uh, prior commitment and an ideological agenda is what we're seeing from the corporate press. Um, and that goes from the, you know, sort of the cable news networks like CNN and MSNBC, all the way up to the so-called prestige magazines like the, the Atlantic and the New Yorker. We're talking to John Daniel Davidson. He's the political editor at The Federalist. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, both President Biden and Vice President Harris, maybe as we speak, uh, they were in Atlanta today, and uh, were to, uh, last I heard, they were going to meet with groups of Asian Americans which will help the media's uh, narrative, of course. Are they any different from the media and their obsession with race? I'm talking about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and, well, Democrats, I guess, maybe in general. No, not at all. I mean, I, I talk about the media in my column because I was, I was noticing the coverage, but this is broadly true of, of all of our major uh, institutions, uh, which are all, generally speaking, uh, left-leaning and, and have the same kind of ideological commitment to the idea that America is a racist country, and they see racism everywhere. So that's why you see Democrats, you know, sort of latching on to the same narrative that the media is pushing. That's why you'll see... You know, for instance, you know, major corporations that may not otherwise in the past have ever been involved in culture wars or political uh, questions, you know, start, you know, getting on their um, social media accounts and tweeting about transgenderism or, you know, posting about, uh, you know, racial equity and white supremacy. You know, companies that have, you know, that, that like Oreos or, you know, a toy company like Hasbro. It's ridiculous, yeah. uh, you know, when you take a step back, but this is really pervasive across all of the uh, major institutions of American life from big tech, Silicon Valley, Hollywood, you know, Wall Street, the Democratic Party and the Democratic political establishment, and of course, the corporate press as well. Yeah, and um, it, even if you take the sexual addiction factor out of this story, um, and, and you if it, and if it were not a factor, uh, to suggest that this is an indication or just one more case of a white person or white people targeting Asians for violence, uh, uh, and and uh, that seems to be, well, it's not seems to be, but it, it is a problem right now with Asian people being attacked, but this fits the narrative that it's mostly white people attacking Asians, and that's not the case either. 
Yeah, right. Well, the, the, the narrative frame is, is very rarely stopped by actual facts. You know, the facts that get in the way are ignored or they're explained away. Uh, and that's true not just in this case, but, you know, there's other uh, examples of this in our society today uh, of the media and, uh, and all of these institutions not being interested in what's actually going on. So you have, for example, an unprecedented number of teenagers, especially teenage girls, identifying as transgender all of a sudden, just, just really recently, uh, you know, almost with no warning. It, it, it's, a, it's a shocking uh, spike. Uh, now, does that mean that all these years there were, there were uh, all of these uh, teenage girls who were actually transgender or, or something else going on? Do we need to investigate what's going on with our teenagers and the messages that we're sending them about gender and about sex and the social pressures maybe that, that may come to bear or the social incentives that may exist uh, for people to identify as transgender. Uh, those are stories the media doesn't want to cover. And in fact, anyone who does try to cover them is labeled a, a bigot or racist or you know a, a transphobic or what have you. They're not interested in having the conversations and they're not even willing uh, to tolerate the conversations in most cases. Now, I think that's the big word, the willing to tolerate, because uh, if you, I just wonder, I don't, I mean, I, obviously I don't work at CNN or MSNBC or the Washington Post, but I wonder what it's like for someone who does want to do some journalism or does want to um, buck up against their conventional wisdom in their within their newsroom and, you know, just suggest, hey, maybe we ought to look at this another angle here. Are you shouted down and just run out of the building? Well, you see what's happening to journalists and writers who do buck the narrative and who, who are uh, interested in maybe uh, challenging the prior ideological assumptions of the corporate press and the editors in charge at those outlets, you know, and you see them leaving. You saw Barry Weiss leave. Uh, yeah, I thought of her when I was asking the you, question, yep. You saw Glenn Greenwald leave The Intercept. You saw Matt Tabai leave um, uh, Rolling Stone. And you've seen all of these people kind of migrate to Substack, which is, uh, you know, you know and, they, and taking their audiences with them. Um, and the reason they're able to do that is because there's actually an appetite among uh, ordinary American people for honest conversations, uh, conversations that are ideologically driven, uh, without rules about what you can say and what you can't, you know, journalism, uh, and, and, uh, you know, the, the American public square as it traditionally has been understood is a place where you're free to debate and, and it's okay to ask questions and uh, it's okay to come to uncomfortable answers. Instead that, you know, we have the corporate press with this incredibly rigid orthodox agenda and no one can kind of venture outside the really narrow box uh, that they have and the frames that they have for everything that happens and every story that they cover. And a lot of people are fed up with it. And so they're, they're, uh, they're, they're migrating elsewhere to get the information, get the stories that they want. And how long can the, um, the media, the corporate media, uh, survive with this? Or is it just going to survive in a different form that you don't, people can no longer turn on, uh, a, a corporate media outlet and expected uh, it, it, with the expectation that you're going to get news you tune in to for opinion masked as news that that you agree with i mean uh, is that yeah, the only way exactly. to survive i mean 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fracturing of the media and the fracturing of, of the, um, the news media's audience is going to continue. That, that's a phenomenon of the Internet, you know, and of the proliferation of, of, of online journalism and, and all of the problems that legacy media has had with that. That's one part of it. The other part of it is that, you know, a lot of these, especially these larger outlets like CNN and, and, uh, and, and MSNBC and, um, and, and even, even some pr- legacy print outlets like New York Times and Washington Post, the Trump era was a boon for them. It was, it, you know, they made a lot of money and their subscriber base increased because they had this villain that they could constantly wage war against. And they were the resistance. And, you know, Washington Post ridiculously changed its motto to democracy dies in darkness. Um, uh, <laughs> but now they have a problem because they don't have a villain anymore. And so uh, some of these places are in real trouble, financial trouble, and they're going to see their audiences drop off precipitously and, and already are seeing that. Uh, and, and so there's a reckoning coming, I think, for a lot of legacy outlets. Well, yeah, and the CNN's uh, ratings are in the toilet, which is a good thing. Uh, I'm, I'm out of time, John. It's always great to have you on. Great column. You can see it at thefederalist.com. John Daniel Davison, thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden and Vice President Harris are in Atlanta. Just days after a white gunman killed eight people, most of them Asian-American women, in three metro area massage businesses. The two are meeting with Asian-American state legislators and other community leaders about racist rhetoric and actions against Asian-Americans. The Idaho legislature has voted to shut down for several weeks due to an outbreak of COVID-19. At least five of the 70 House members testing positive for the illness in just the last week. Five White House staffers have been fired because of their past use of drugs, including marijuana. It's become a tricky issue because recreational use of marijuana is allowed in 15 states and Washington, D.C. Stocks finishing mix, the Dow dropped 234 points. The Nasdaq gained 99 points today. This is SRN News. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than eighteen. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Linzess and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. AM 1250, The Answer. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. We open the week with Dr. Tony Fauci. The latest in developments on variants of the virus and whether or not the existing vaccines are efficacious against them. The $10 word, do they work? Do they work in all cases against every strain of the virus? Dr. Tony Fauci on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt. 
Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. They're made in the USA, and for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. That's regularly sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollar savings. Kings are only five dollars more. All my pillow products come with a ten year warranty and a sixty day money back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. 800-716-8087, promo code STAG. What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick and loans, internal data. Points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. Analysts consumer access. Dollar number 3330. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in iHeart or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. Seeing a slow ride just about everywhere you go. All our majors outbound 51, jamming up Midwood Avenue to Library Road on the Parkway East. Heavy delays inbound Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, that's really solid on the inbound side. Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel with about an eight-minute delay there. An accident West Mifflin area, Homestead to Cane Road at Valley Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Clear skies expected for tonight with a low of 24. Tomorrow we'll see plenty of sunshine. Expect a high tomorrow of 56. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 30. Sunday will be mild with plenty of sunshine. Sunday expect a high of 62. Monday mild, plenty of sunshine, the high 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we just had a segment talking about how um, the media tend to not want to talk about the possibility that the shooting down in Atlanta was somehow not related to race at, at all, maybe not at all. It's a good chance that it was not related to race at all, but uh, the the sex industry, the the, uh, the the acceptance of pornography, and all the things that the media and Hollywood love, and how that, and regardless of how, whether you feel about how you feel about that, whether you think it's prudish to 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 care about people watching pornography or or any of that stuff, that's not the issue. It's it's whether or not it's a story that should be done, or whether or not. If this guy who committed the crime um, 
claims that his sexual addiction is what got him to frequent these places and he couldn't help himself. Uh, that's a story in itself. Is that, is that believable? You know, you, you get some uh, psych, psychiatrists or you get somebody to, to talk about that condition and whether that's um, uh, believable, credible, that, that he, someone would be driven to that by that condition. But it's a story just because it's a story, because there, there is another angle. But it, it's it's um, it's that the media don't want to cover that, and and the question is, and as I talked to John Daniel Davidson about, is that I'm just surprised as a someone who's worked in the media all my life, uh, I just know what at least when I was involved uh, in whether I was working at uh, a TV station or radio station, that uh, if you were working in a newsroom and working at a news operation, that there are people who work there who who just love the idea that a story like that would drop in their lap that that, that happened in, in uh, Atlanta. Obviously, they don't they don't love the fact that people were killed, but you do stories every day, and that's a story that has all kinds of angles to it. Um, but if, if you're doing it correctly, if you're looking at it, the the objective should be to get to the truth, and it should be and you look at all angles of the story, and then you decide which one to to focus on or which one to present, uh, and maybe you present multiple angles, but you don't just automatically glom on to the racial uh, uh, theme and and then just be satisfied with that and say, well, we got our story. This is uh, It's obvious what happened here. Another white guy went out and shot a bunch of, uh, uh, well, in this case, Asians, but, you know, a, a bunch of non-white people, and so it's just another case of white supremacy. It's so lazy. And so stupid. And that's not to say that in some cases it's not 100% true that someone goes out and does that. But the point is, if you're a journalist, you're supposed to ask questions. And I don't mean specifically ask questions of the people involved. You're supposed to ask yourself questions. The editor is supposed to ask reporters questions about, well, did you look into this aspect of it? What about this? What about that? You don't just take a theme that's out there and a narrative that you want to push and and just uh, go with it. Uh, you can go with it, but you have to look at the other angles. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, we talked about that and what's out there, and and whether or not those things are a factor. The, the pornography and the and the transgenderism and the and the hookup um, uh, philosophy on college campuses, the hookup culture, I guess is a better word. Um, so just as we're just as we're talking about that, uh, actually, I saw the story yesterday, but since we talked about that in the last segment, I wanted to bring it up now. This is out of Milwaukee. Now, well, I'll just tell you what happened. It's a Milwaukee County uh, Children's Court judge, and he's also the former president and CEO of the Cream City Foundation. That's in Milwaukee. But the Cream City Foundation in Milwaukee runs the Milwaukee Drag Queen Story Hour program, okay? Now, we've talked about that here many times, and we've just the absolute stupidity uh, and uh, of making kids come into to a library somewhere and bring out some idiot dressed in women's clothing and to uh, who's going to act in a sexual, female sexual manner, even though he's a man, and the kids are supposed to be, number one, entertained, and number two, not confused by what they're looking at. 
and the, and the, and also the parents sit there and watch this and then watch their kids watching it. It's sick, but it goes on all over the place. Well, okay, we we've talked about that, but this is uh, this is a judge in uh, in um, Milwaukee, Milwaukee County. He uh, runs the drag uh, the, the city's drag queen story hour program. He's been arrested. Guess what for? Seven counts of child pornography. His name is Brett Blom, B-L-O-M-M-E. He's 38 years old. He was arrested on Tuesday for allegedly uploading 27 images and videos of children being sexually abused on the messaging app Kik, K-I-K. Blom is accused of uploading the images both from his home and from the judge's chambers. Now, Mr. Drag Queen Story Hour is a judge, okay, a children's court judge. You getting this? He's not just a judge. He deals with kids in court. I I don't know for sure about this. I think that's a, a judge who, who adjudicates custody issues and uh, uh, abuse issues and, you know, it's for kids, children's court. Uh, he's accused of uh, seven, seven counts of child pornography, but he was uploading this stuff at his at work. He's in the judge's chambers looking at child pornography instead of whatever he's supposed to be looking at. Uh, the president of the foundation uh, that promoted Drag Queen Story Hour has been arrested for allegedly uploading 27 images of kids being sexually abused, okay? And according to his uh, LinkedIn uh, profile, Boham served as the president and CEO of the Drag Story Hour Foundation until August 2020 when he was when he left to become a judge. So somehow he went from being the uh, being the big boss at the <laughs> the Drag Queen Story Hour. Uh, he goes from that to becoming a children's court judge. This is just so you can. It's just, again. This is a Monty Python movie. Um, so, and the thing is that he he uh, he has 15 years of experience in philanthropy, community organizing, law, and profit management. This is according to uh, his profile. Uh, the assistant attorney general uh, who is prosecuting the case argued that Blom should not have any unsupervised contact with children. Are you ready for this? Including the two kids that he and his husband adopted. How'd you like to be those two kids? Looking with this duo. A preliminary hearing has been set for May 29th. The state Supreme Court has suspended Blom from any judicial duties. That was nice of them. Without pay. Wow. Uh, uh, until the per the high court's superintending and administrative authority. And the mayor, the mayor, Tom Barrett, he advocated for Blom's election. So he he endorsed this guy. Now, I don't know what's going on in Milwaukee. Maybe I should have gotten somebody on here from Milwaukee because I'd really like to know now that I'm looking at this. Um, the mayor endorsed this guy for uh, a judge for children's court. Now, the guy, <laughs> I, I'm guessing he's pretty visible. I don't know if he was a, a, one of the performers at the at the, um, at the the children's uh, hour, but he he – was involved in that, and he was running for judge in children's court, and the mayor supported it. Okay, so the drag, a drag queen, uh, the drag queen 
um, story hour supervisor, promoter, was running for children's court judge, and the mayor thought, you know, I kind of like those, uh, the, uh, the, the, the drag queen story hours. They're kind of fun. And, you know, this guy, what's his name again? Blom. He's, he's, he seems like a pretty good guy. And, you know, Brett, he's, he, he seems to get along well with the kids. Let's make him a children's court judge. That's what, that's what the, the mayor of Milwaukee did. And guess what he said? Here's a quote from him. He said, this is the mayor, Tom Barrett, on the charges of Blom's, uh, of John, of Blom being charged with his child pornography. He said the charges were, quote, a complete surprise, unquote. No, they're not. I'm not buying that for a minute from Mayor Tom. I'll be right back. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing improvements and today 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog and he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O dot Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Want to dominate the stock market in 2021? Looking for higher profit potential? With the COVID vaccines, a shifting political landscape, and a new year, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how. Make 2021 your year. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance and maximize your gains. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Respondents will receive a one-time auto-generated text message from Vantage Point. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19 related disruptions have caused abnormal behaviour in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-in Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-in Pest Free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair dinkum. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's go 
pestfree.com promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. 2021 is the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, as we told you, and I'm sure you've heard, well, maybe you haven't heard, because if you don't watch Fox or listen to conservative radio, you may not hear this, but the, the big guy tripped going up the steps today to the uh, to Air Force One. I think it was on his way to uh, on the, to get on the flight to head to Atlanta, which is where he is now. Uh, he tripped uh, three times. He, he stumbled a little bit, caught himself, went down again, got up, and then absolutely fell down and almost rolled over. Uh, it wasn't good. Uh, and this comes a day after he named uh, he called Kamala Harris the president of the United States. So you don't want to ever laugh at a guy falling down, an old guy falling down. It's a sad thing, actually. But uh, the problem is Joe kind of did the same thing. We'll get to that in a second. But the the question again, one, so much this happens so often with this stuff that it's not just what happened, but it's how the media will cover what happened. Are they going to raise big questions about Joe's health and his ability to be president? Well, as like uh, back on June 20th, um, this is a headline from the New York Times. Trump's halting walk down ramp raises new health questions. Now, is there going to be a is there going to be an, a, a headline tomorrow that says Biden tripping going upstairs raises new health questions? How much you want to bet there won't be that? Uh, the president also appeared to have trouble raising a glass of water to his mouth during a speech at West Point a day before he turned 74, the oldest a president has been in his first term. That's word for word from the New York Times on June 20th. And then there's this from uh, this is with Allison Camerata back in June on CNN. There are some questions this morning about President Trump's health, and it's because of this video of the president where you see him walking very haltingly. One leg at a time, it, it starts happening here, uh, down a ramp. And this is after he gave a commencement speech at West Point. So joining us now with what he sees is CNN's chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And with what she knows, CNN political analyst Maggie Haberman. She's a White House correspondent at The New York Times. Great to see both of you. Sanjay, uh, President Trump is not known for being athletic. So maybe he just has a hard time going down a gently sloping ramp. But um, do you see something possibly neurological that could be throwing off his balance? It, it, it just, it's so hard to say, uh, looking at a video. And I think that's the bottom line answer. I talked to a bunch of neurologists over the weekend. A lot of people talking about this. Uh, people always have something to say and weigh in on this. 
Yeah, so in other words, the, they brought a doctor on because of what they saw on the video. Again, will this same Dr. Gupta be on with uh, CNN tonight? Uh, let me know if he is, because I don't tend to watch that, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not sitting there tonight for three hours watching it to see if the story shows up. I'll catch the highlights in the morning, but I have a... I just don't think it's going to be covered the same way. Call me crazy. Here's more from CNN on that same issue. I want to discuss this now with CNN's political reporter and editor-at-large, Chris Eliza. You have a dot-com piece out today on CNN.com, and you lay out why this story should matter. Tell us why. Yeah, well, I mean, a couple obvious things, Brianna. Number one is Donald Trump is 74 years old. Obviously, his birthday was on Sunday. He's the oldest person ever elected to a first term as president. Two, we know so little about Donald Trump's past medical history. Remember, this is someone who the entirety of his medical history was a 2015 letter by his personal doctor saying that he would be the most physically fit person ever to be president. A letter, I'll note, that the doctor has since said was dictated to him by Donald Trump. So we just have very little to go on. And when you have those two things and you add it to the fact that Donald Trump, whether it's Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton, makes the mental and physical health of his Democratic opponents an issue, he did it today, he said that uh, Joe Biden was shot and weak. That's when I think uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Oh, really? Chris thinks what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Well, the gander tripped going up the steps today. So um, are we going to see that on CNN? Is Chris going to talk about how that's very concerning, seeing as how he thought it was because Donald Trump is 74 and uh, Joe Biden is 78? But let's just see how they cover it. And by the way, when Donald Trump was having trouble on the ramp, he hadn't referred to Mike Pence the day before as President Mike Pence, which is what... <laughs> which is what Biden did uh, yesterday. or t Yeah, yesterday he referred to Kamala Harris as President Harris. And then, as long as we're on the subject, here's what Joe Biden was saying about Donald Trump on the ramp. Look at how he steps and look how I step. Watch how I run up ramps and he stumbles down ramps, okay? Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. So he runs up. Actually, uh, uh, that's uh, I've already seen that in the media that or somewhere I saw that it's being referred to as he was kind of running up, the, he was walking up the steps, and he fell down. And uh, the guy is, uh, and and what's even worse to me than him falling as he went up the steps is the fact that he was wearing a mask, and probably two masks. I think he's a, I think he's a two-mask guy. He was wearing um, uh, two masks, and he was outside with nobody around him, a breeze blowing, and by the way, that his uh, PR person, I forget who it was, um, said uh, that the wind was a factor, that he think that it was a kind of breezy out there, and the wind blew him over. If you watch the video, there's no way it did. And by the way, go on my Twitter feed, at Stagger World. I, I have a video up there. You have to, you'll see it somewhere. It's an, it's been edited. It shows Donald Trump swinging a golf club and then the ball hitting uh, 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 the big guy in the back of the head, then back to another shot of, of Trump swinging and another ball hitting him in the head, and each time he falls down. Again, it's sad. This is, a, this is an old man who's 77 years old, and he's having trouble going up the steps. Maybe we shouldn't make fun of it, but he's president of the United States, and you just heard him make fun of the president of the United States who uh, was having, well, I guess he was being overly cautious, according to Joe, uh, as he as he went down the ramp. So 
Um, just watch tonight. Let's see what kind of coverage uh, Joe tripping up the steps gets on the non-Fox cable news uh, outlets. And uh, I'm going to just take a wild guess and say you're not going to see much about it. If you do, they will make excuses about it, and they won't have Dr. Gupta on to analyze it. I, I just don't think they will. That's it for this week. Thanks to Darren and uh, Mike for helping out, and I will talk to Yins on Monday. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.